0: Live from the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it! This is the Antler
1: Report. Let's Let's get it! Yes, sir.
0: On the Antler Sports Network.
2: Welcome everyone in to the Antler Sports Network. It is Tuesday, so you know what that means. Another Easy. episode of the Antler Report, live yep. from the Thompson Tire and Services studio. Jared Jones with you from the Antler Sports Network. Later on the show, we'll have Matthew Hermans on, an Antler Sports Network producer, to talk a little bit about the NBA. Kind of starting this show with some breaking news. Aaron Rodgers, the diva himself, finally making a decision. Is going to stay in Green Bay signing a lucrative contract for around $200 million. We'll get to him later on in the show. But first, we're going to talk a little bit of combat sports. First thing I wanted to really discuss is something you don't really see talked about very much outside of the initial, I guess you could say, event. The Deji versus Alex Wasabi boxing match that occurred earlier last weekend. Deji, of course, being the brother of the world-renowned KSI, the YouTuber-turned-rapper, now-turned-entrepreneur his younger brother, in another prize boxing match. Now, this might be a starting up with what could be a hot take. These boxing matches are ruining, slowly but surely ruining, the sport of boxing as a whole. Now, I understand that over the years, we've had guys like Manny Pacquiao, Foya Mayweather, Muhammad Ali, guys that have revolutionized the sport of boxing and pretty much made boxing, I guess you could say, the golden child of combat sports. There's always UFC events. There's been almost 300 UFC events. But boxing matches, there are few and far between. You don't really get many big-time boxing matches. So it has a bit of a more mystique to them, I guess you could say. Now, over the years, we've had these YouTubers and these celebrities just kind of pull up into the boxing scene. Such as the Paul Brothers and even Deji and other YouTubers and celebrities and even athletes outside of the boxing scene we saw nate robinson step into the ring last time i checked he's still probably asleep on the camp on the canvas to this very day and even nate robinson no excuse me not nate robinson but frank gore probably the oldest NFL player in history decided to step in the step in the circle the squared circle excuse me and take a swing at a boxing match now the the i understand boxing makes millions of dollars you can make the, the GDP of a small Central American country by simply creating a little bit of Twitter beef, asking for a boxing match, posting a couple of training TikToks, getting on a some random streaming platform, and getting millions and billions of views and making millions and, in some cases, billions of dollars just for two men, two grown men punching each other for upward to twenty to twenty-five minutes. I understand. We live in a society where the hustle is the life at this point. With COVID going around and gas prices being higher than giraffe butt, you got to get money where you can. You got to find a way to get it where you fan it, as my dad would say. But there has to be a certain point where we just think not only as viewers, but just as fans of sports as a whole. Not even just boxing fans, but fans of sports, fans of competitive nature. To sit back and say, okay, this is getting ridiculous. We got Frank Gore who's used to hitting the B-gap, not used to hitting a right jab on someone in the ring. We're seeing Nate Robinson, who we know for hitting free throws and hitting miraculous dunks from the free throw line. Not hitting one-two combos in the middle of the second round and protecting his head from jabs and swings. There has to be a line that is drawn somewhere where we think, okay... We just got to stick to our niche. Guys like Deji made their fame off of YouTube for better and worse, whether that be from his brother KSI or his own content, or even some of the more recent drama he's been involved in, in the past maybe two, two years or so. Alex Wasabi, as we all know from, I guess you say this current, this younger generation, know him from growing up watching his older YouTube videos. Two YouTube titans clashing in the boxing ring for some random reason, I guess, because they just don't have anything better to do. Where have we heard that before? I feel as if boxing is, isn't, it isn't, it doesn't hit like it used to, no pun intended. It doesn't have the same mystique, it doesn't have the same glitz and glamour. Now, I understand boxing is a, and even combat sports as a whole, is one of a kind. It's a sport where two grown men can step into a into a concealed space, into a certain area, and just wail on each other for about 20 minutes legally. You can't just walk outside of your local family dollar, find some guy carrying a loaf of bread and a jug of milk, and just sock him one in the jaw. You can't do that. Last time I checked out, was illegal. But boxing is an opportunity in just combat sports to just watch that that spectacle. That's the perfect word to really describe it. A spectacle, that's exactly what it is. Sports is full of spectacles. You have basketball, football, the Super Bowl, these big time, big money events that people will come in droves and pay thousands to experience firsthand and more power to these athletes, in air quotes, trying to take advantage, I guess you could say, of the market of people always looking for the next big thing, for the next spectacle, for the next viral hit. But there's got to be a certain point to where we just take a second, step back and just say, "Hey." This is ridiculous. This this is crazy. Now, getting off of boxing into a less embarrassing sport. Well, in this case, I guess you could say it's also embarrassing as well. We're going to get into a little bit of NBA talking for this via the ABS Teacher Graphic Hotline. We're going to bring in Matthew Hermans here, our one of the producers here at the Antler Sports Network. Matthew, can you hear me? Yo, what's going on? What's going on, Matthew? How are we doing today?
3: Feeling good, feeling great, blessed
2: to live another day. You already know man. Let's let's before we we're both avid Maverick fans. Extreme Maverick fans, so we'll get to them in a second. But first of let's course. address arguably the biggest elephant in the metaphorical NBA room right now. Russell Westbrook. Two words <laughs> that could garner Multiple different reactions, whether that be a chuckle, as you just gave, or a sigh of absolute sadness and grief from Lakers fans. Now, Matthew, before we get to your, I guess you could say, thoughts on Russell Westbrook, I want you to take a listen to Magic Johnson, Laker great, NBA great, NBA all-time seventy-five player. Last Sunday's game before they played, before they took on the Golden State Warriors. Magic's reaction to the Lakers' organization and to Russell Westbrook's play.
1: All right. Low more than highs, highs, right? right? And when we think about about putting putting LeBron LeBron James, James, Westbrook, 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 and Anthony 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 Davis Davis together, together, two of those those guys guys are top 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 75 players of all time. And then AD is a top five talent. We have not performed well. And... We have not played good basketball or smart basketball on either end of the court. And so we must come out focused. this this is a big game for the Lakers. We got to win this game because we can go out on the road now all is not lost yet. We're in ninth place. No no not yet because I remember in 1991 we played poor. Up until the last two months of the season, we turned it around, went all the way when the Bulls beat us to 91 in the finals, when <laughs> nobody thought we could make it. Hopefully Anthony Davis will come back. But Russell Westbrook, young man, you got to know there was expectations when you called LeBron and Anthony Davis and said you wanted to be a Laker. You saw Kobe Bryant play and win all those championships. And Kobe said you were the guy. So you know you had to come here knowing that it's about championships when you put the purple and gold on. Quit battling the press. Quit. Take ownership and accountability and say, hey, I haven't played well, but I got a chance to turn it around. So I'm tired of excuse.
2: Now, Magic Johnson there, those final words that he gave to Russell Westbrook to me hit the hardest. I'm tired of excuses. Every time we see Russell Westbrook in a postgame reaction, whether that be in a press conference or any type of moment or opportunity, we get to hear Russell Westbrook speak not only about his game, but as the Laker game as a whole in public, it's always something. Now, in my notes here, I circled this in bold. I said the Russ trade might be one of the worst in Lakers history. Matthew, what are your initial reactions to not only what Magic said in the cut that we had just listened to, but to Laker play and Russell Westbrook's play as a
3: whole? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, I think it was yesterday he was uh, talking about how he can't even bring his family to games because he's afraid of what they will call him and stuff like that. But when it comes to Russell Westbrook, I agree it is one of the worst trades I think I've seen in a while. But for me, he's just not a perfect fit on the Lakers. Um, I think this is LeBron's team. And Russell Westbrook's the type of guy where he has to be the number one option on his team. He has to be the facilitator. He has to be the guy. So paired up with LeBron, who has quite literally the exact same play style as a facilitator, I just think that's what's not making it work out. And adding Anthony Davis with his injuries and everything like that does not help the Lakers' case whatsoever. But I think Russell Westbrook and LeBron have just been a terrible fit due to their play styles, honestly.
2: Now, before the Russell Westbrook trade initiated, the Lakers were pretty much met with a choice. You could go for John Wall, who hasn't touched a basketball and stepped on an NBA floor since Jesus was a pup. (laughs) Or... You could take Russell Westbrook, and we all see how that's working out. Or, you could go for Buddy Heald. Now, out of those three names, I feel like anyone with, an, with any kind of basketball knowledge, any knowledge of the game, can tell you the best option out of those three. It sure as heck ain't Westbrook, and it darn sure ain't John Wall. <laughs> if I'm LeBron, don't you think I'd be punching myself in the face right now for pretty much parting the red seed to have Russell Westbrook, and at this point he's parting ways with your playoff chances when you could have had Buddy Heald?
3: Yeah, of course. And, you know, you know, LeBron's half the franchise. You know, they call him LeGM and stuff like that. So, you know, this was his option. You know, he had a say in this, and I think he just thought it was going to work out. And you forget that also in free agency, DeMar DeRozan, who is absolutely killing it on the Bulls right now, MVP was an candidate. option as well. Yeah, MVP candidate of course. And and then I guess LeBron thought it was the, it was a good idea to get Russell Westbrook because I think he thought they were going to fit, but it obviously just didn't fit like I guess they wanted to, and I'm surprised they didn't trade him for the trade deadline.
2: Now, I'm going to give you the statistics of three players. First player is averaging 12 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Second player is averaging 17, 8 and 3. And the third player is averaging 14, 6, and 2. If you had to mm-hmm. take a guess as to who those three players were, who would you think those three players would be?
3: Uh, We're talking Lakers?
2: Out of the entire Lakers, the Lakers-Russell-Westbrook scheme, those three players, mm-hmm. who do you think those players would be?
3: I would say Westbrook. I would say anthony davis since he hasn't got a lot of playing time and let's go for uh oh no give me the third one give me the third one let's see let's see let's see what i'm doing if i'm two for two right now how about this i'll just
2: give you all three those players are the three players that the lakers sent to washington in exchange for russell westbrook
3: (laughs) you got me there Man,
2: Contavious Caldwell, Pope Paul Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell as a collective group out of those three players are producing mm-hmm. better in Washington than Russell Westbrook is in L.A. Now, this is the perfect transition. Let's stay in Washington and talk about how and I don't care if people say as Oh, it's because you're a Mavericks fan. I don't care. Let's talk about how this Mavericks Wizards trade has potential to be one of the best trades in recent memory. Because right now, looking from a Mavericks standpoint, this trade is looking like a W. This trade looks like something that has worked for both teams. KP in his first game at home in the Capital One Arena in Washington got a nice warm ovation when he exited the floor, ending with 25 and 2 in his first game. Spencer Dinwiddie, since arriving in Dallas, averaging 17 2 5 and half to steal a game. Now, we both watch Mavericks games very avidly. Off air, we talk constantly, through Mm -hmm. better and for worse, about these Dallas Mavericks. We've talked about how either KP should have been traded before all the front office changes with head coach Jason Kidd and the new additions, or even how this could have been the perfect time. Seeing how all the pieces have moved around and how they've slowly started to mesh with their teams Do you think that the Mavericks should have traded KP earlier or was this the perfect time? Because in my personal opinion, this is looking like they waited for the perfect time. And I will admit, I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong, and you can attest to this. I wanted KP gone as soon as possible. I wanted him out of Dallas. (laughs) I wanted him on the first Amtrak bus out of Dallas, Texas. Do you think it was just on time or maybe even too late to trade Porzingis?
3: You know, I think it was just on time Last year, his trade value was probably lower than it was this year. And what came to my mind was a shocking report that came out that Rick Carlisle actually valued Christophs Porzingis more than Jason Kidd did. Now, I think Jason, or uh, excuse me, um Christoph Porzingis was playing phenomenal basketball this year when he was healthy. Very, you know he very. was one of the leading defensive anchors on our team, or the Mavericks team. And I really was surprised by this trade. However, you know, we were both mad about this trade. I think every single Mavericks fan was not happy about this trade. It looked confusing to us. It was weird. Yeah, of course. However, Spencer Dinwiddie has been the perfect contributor to Luka Doncic. When Luka's off the floor or is not hot or needs some rest, Spencer Dinwiddie has been there to contest and literally put up the, the points that we need Off the bench as a starter, etc. And then we have a not so lifed out shooter recently, but someone with big potential in Davis Burton as well, who I could see Jason Kidd developing into an absolutely great player. Now I hate I'm a I'm a Dirk stand. I love Dirk Mm -hmm.
2: to death. I will stand on any Dirk Hill, no matter how hot the take may be. (laughs) I feel like Jason Kidd might have the ability to mold Burton's into a more modernized Dirk. Now, we know Dirk revolutionized the game for bigs. He's the reason why seven-footers have to be able to shoot. Yes. I feel as if Burton's has the skill set. He doesn't have the same, I guess you could say, elegancy or the same balance and footwork that Dirk had, but that's an unfair assessment to make. Dirk had a skill set that is unprecedented, to say the least. We're probably never going to see a player of Dirk stature, ability, and skill set ever again in basketball. That's not or- saying how great he is. That's not saying how bad he is. He's just arguably one of the most unique players we've ever seen lace up a pair of shoes. But with Bertons' frame, his defensive ability, we've seen him, he's not necessarily the shot blocker that Porzingis was. He's not necessarily the interior defender as, say, maybe even a Dwight Powell in some cases. I know you're going to probably say ugh to that because I don't like Dwight Powell as much as the next fan. Uh-huh. But there are shades of Dirk. There are shades of Tyson Chandler and Bertons that I like. And I like even more of the fact that Jason Kidd has played with both of those guys. He's coached against mm-hmm. both of those of guys. Kidd played with Dirk, coached against Dirk. He played with Tyson Chandler in both Dallas and in New York. So he's, he, knows, he knows what works. He knows what wins a championship. Now, to that, I guess you could say, on the flip side of the coin, yeah, he knows how to win a championship, but this is a whole different league now. Back in 2011, mm-hmm. yeah, you had fantastic shooters. You had Kyle Corbyn, you had Jason Terry, but you didn't have guys pulling up from the jump ball circle constantly. I feel as if Kidd has the ability, he has the brains, he has the ability to form rotations and lineups better than Rick Carlisle did. And this isn't knocking Rick Carlisle as a coach. Rick was a great coach, but of course he had his imperfections. I feel like Kidd picked up where Carlisle should have. He's utilizing Spencer Dinwiddie. He's moving him to the six-man spot. You can even see him starting some nights. He has the ability to create lineups to where, yeah, Luka can drop 50 if he wants to. But if he can just drop a cool 22-5-5, five and five, and Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson and even Josh Green, believe it or not, can pick up a little bit of the slack, not to mention the Don't rest of the Dorian depth. Finney Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith has played out of his mind. That's the scary depth that the Mavericks have. And Jason Kidd has had that ability to take that depth and create something, I would say, marvelous with it. Now, we're going to take a quick short break here. Matthew, stay with us. We're going to come back to both of us here continuing the NBA talk. After this timeout, you are listening to the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network.
0: Live from the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it!
4: This is the Antler Report.
5: Let's Let's get it! it. Yes, sir!
0: On the Antler Sports Network
5: probably wondering where is everyone in your area going for screen printing and promotional needs it's simple ABS T-shirt graphics they can print on anything we're talking shirts hoodies cups pens and pretty much anything that you can put a logo on ABS T-shirt graphics is here to fulfill your company organization and fundraising needs for a free quote call 903-939-0990 ABS T-shirt graphics located
6: one half of a mile outside of the loop on 155
5: South don't forget to like them on Facebook ABS T-shirt graphics
6: Hello my name is Tarnisha.
7: My name's Anthony.
6: And we own Drip Like Jesus. Drip stands for devote, reach, influence people just like Jesus did. Each one of our apparel has a scripture on the back that goes with the design. It's our cool way of spreading the gospel and looking fly.
7: We are located in Stonebriar Mall in Frisco and also online at www.driplikejesus.com. So feel free to go online and shop or come check us out in Frisco and thank you for helping us spread the gospel.
2: To make winning decisions, you need a championship team in your corner. Monument Realty, led by Anthony Heider, is that championship team. With countless houses sold in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you're sure to score the right abode for you and your family. If finding the perfect home is in your future's game plan, then Monument Realty and Anthony Hyder are your perfect play call to get the job done. Monument Realty in Frisco, Texas, the official realtor company of the Dallas Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, and the Antler Sports Network. A car is one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. It's how you get to work, how you take the kids to school, and how you get to some of life's biggest moments. Why not treat it as such? Whenever your car needs some tender love and care, visit Thompson Tire and Services in Tyler on 321 South Bonner Avenue, just five minutes south from Christus Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium. Joe Thompson and his team of professionals bring decades of under the hood experience to ensure that your car runs to the best of its ability. Any make, any model, any year, Thompson Tire and Services is the only place to get the best service for your car in East Texas. Open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and closed on weekends.
4: Live from the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it! This is the Antler Report.
1: Let's get it! Yes, sir!
0: On the Antler Sports Network. About it.
1: Ain't but against the party.
2: Welcome back to the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network. Jared Moose Jones with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for listening wherever you may be listening, whether that be on the Mixler app. Download the app for free to take us wherever you go. On Antler Sports Network broadcast for basketball and for other Antler Sports Network live proceedings. Matthew back with us once again on the ABS t-shirt graphics hotline. Last left off talking about how the Dallas Mavericks and the Washington Wizards pretty much made a perfect swap for both teams' futures as we both discussed before the break. Now we're going to get into a little bit of more NBA talk and then after that we'll transition into the NFL. If you look at the general scope of the NBA right now, it's a lot different than how it was. You had, I guess, even 10 years ago, you had about three or four set faces of the league. You had Kobe, you had Durant, you had LeBron, you had maybe even, you can throw in Carmelo Anthony and Dirk in there as well. But now there, you can even consider 10 to 12 guys that could be the face in the NBA in the NBA MVP discussion is proof of that. Maybe even the best NBA MVP race we've ever seen. Now, Matthew, you've seen a lot of NBA races in your time watching basketball. Of course. It, it's, it's easy to say this is one of the most star-studded MVP races we've ever seen. Because usually you'll see the top three. You know, top three. Okay, that's fine. You have your normal top three. You might have that one guy that's leaps and bounds above the rest, and you have the two stragglers in second and third jockeying for the silver medal spot. But this year, you can pick five guys out of a, You can write down five guys' names, put them in a hat, randomly draw them out, pick it up, call them the MVP, and you can make a case for them. Looking at the top three, these odds, courtesy of DraftKings, you have Joel Embiid, who's averaging 29, 11, and 4. He's currently sitting with the best odds to win MVP at... Minus 120. Giannis in second at plus 600. He's averaging 29, 11, and 6. And you have DeMar DeRozan, who you talked about before break, is having a fantastic year, 28, 5, and 5.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Those are three guys who are leading their teams in a star-studded Easter conference. The, the power struggle has shifted in less than half a decade from the Western Conference continuously being the Wild Wild West, as we always call it, to now the East having five or six teams that are pretty much borderline championship contenders. Out of all the confusion, out of all the stats, all the analytical crap, the PER, all the special stats, courtesy of just the eye test, just watching these guys play. And I feel like I know who you're going to say, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Who's the MVP of the league right now and why, in your opinion? And I'll give
3: mine after. Key is what you just said is right now. Um, There is so much more basketball to play left. And it just determines what you mean by most valuable player. Are you talking about on the team? Are you talking about by stats and analytics? That's what we're going to decide. And it's really interesting because, like you said, like, these past couple years, it's been on lock, whether it was Giannis or Jokic. It's, it's been on lock. Like, obviously, they're going to win MVP. This year, there's six, seven guys you can make the case for. Now, as of right now, you probably won't guess this, but right now, it's it has to be Joel Embiid. However, Jokic is in the conversation, and I think the dark horse for MVP is Luka Doncic, of course. There it with is. no bias whatsoever, Luka Doncic having the exact same record as the 76ers and the exact same record as the Bucks, it looks like, as well. And, of course, you got the Giannis and everything like that. But Luke is my dark horse, yet I think Embiid is the MVP as of right now.
2: Now, one thing that scares me about Joel Embiid, he can pretty much take over an entire game in every facet of the game, offense and defense and even intangibles. In my opinion, and I know this might be a hot take as well, but Embiid or Jokic are the same player in my eyes. Except for Embiid is a lot more athletic. Both guys are big. Both guys are physical. They can either take you out of the perimeter and kill you from the outside, or they can go down low, put you on the block, and get 20 the easy way. But Mm -hmm. they can also kill you on the glass. As you can see, Embiid's averaging 11 rebounds per game. Jokic, I don't have the specific numbers in front of me, but he's most likely averaging double-digit rebounds a game. Giannis, double-digit rebounds a game. These are guys that are 7 feet tall and are averaging Shaq numbers while also shooting average to above average from, let's say, 20 feet and beyond. Not even looking at Giannis, we know he's not the best 3-point shooter, but he didn't have to shoot 3s. Joel Embiid, he's not the best 3-point shooter. He's average. But he doesn't have to shoot threes. Jokic, he's not the best three-point shooter,
3: but he doesn't have to shoot threes. That's scary. Real That's ridiculous. Is, he's averaging 25.9 points a game, 13.8 rebounds a game, and 8.1 assists a game, just to put that out there. That eight, that eight assists per game. You are seven feet eight. tall. Eight
2: assists per game. You are amongst one of the league's Best passers from the four and the five spot. Joel Embiid is averaging four assists from the four and the five spot. Not to mention, as this year has gone on, watching him and Harden play has been some of the most fun basketball I have seen in a while. Never in my wildest dreams would I have considered watching a Sacramento Kings 76ers game. And that's not even any hate towards the Sixers or the Kings. Well, as a Mavericks fan, I take that back. Well, Matthew, you know our our woes with Sacramento. But yeah. I feel as if the 76ers with Harden, with the mesh that they've already built in not even a month's time, going down the stretch with the playoffs just over the horizon, it's scary, dude. That, that team is fun to watch. They're flowing together. They're gelling. They're meshing together. They're playing well. Harden has much better body language. Even if you listen to him in post-game reactions and post-game press conferences, he sounds like he enjoys being in Philadelphia. We haven't heard about him going to any strip clubs or doing anything stupid after games. Yeah, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt since he hasn't even spent a whole week there yet, last time I checked. But this, I don't even want to call it this new Harden. I guess you can call it a Harden renaissance. I feel like Embiid's beats play. Embiid, as a, as a player, is what we want LeBron to be. We always want to say that LeBron makes players better. But look at Russell Westbrook. We always want to say LeBron makes players better. Look at Anthony Davis. Part of it isn't LeBron's fault. But Joel Embiid, when he even played with Ben Simmons, back when they were healthy, They were title contenders. Whether you liked it or not, whether you liked Ben Simmons' game or not, whether you liked Embiid's attitude or not, they were title contenders. Embiid without Harden, without Simmons, when Simmons was running amok, being a menace to society in Philadelphia before he got traded, were title contenders. Simply because Embiid makes players better. Now with Harden, it's even scarier. James Harden is easily one of the most dynamic offensive players we've ever seen. Not even of this generation, but of all time. Oh, he he lullabies players to sleep. All he does is just dribble. It's just like he's playing 2K in real life. Okay, stop him. Guard him. Yeah. Make up a game plan to stop this man. You couldn't do that with Harden. You could barely do it with Embiid. He's seven foot slashing. He's like Durant. He's pretty much like Kevin Durant in a way. But he's more interior oriented. And you can't even call him a dedicated big because if you look at his stats per game numbers, he's dropping doms like Damon C.J. McCollum or in Portland. The sheer the sheer versatility that Embiid and Jokic and Giannis and these bigger players have is mesmerizing to me. You saw players like Dirk. Okay, he can shoot. That's cool. You saw Hakeem. Yeah, he's athletic. You saw Kareem. Yeah, he was great. But they didn't have the same versatility that the Embiid's and the Giannis's and the Durant's had. So, yeah, they can use their size to pretty much create a matchup nightmare for anyone on the floor at any given time. But their ability to work at all three levels, to shoot, to rebound, and to pass at a great level, and do it consistently throughout an entire season and lead their teams to success. That's where...
3: Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you have to keep in mind, Joel Embiid brought his team to around the second, third, or fourth seed, I don't remember, before the Harden trade.
2: They were the two seed at the time. They were around the two seed. The two seed
3: at the time, without Harden, and he hated playing with Ben Simmons. It was obvious they didn't have chemistry on the court. But now you add someone who has perfect chemistry with Embiid, I think the 76ers can easily come out of the Eastern Conference is, and are one of the scariest teams to look for. Now let's continue
2: to go down to the east. We talked about Giannis, talked about Embiid, we talked about Yelkic. Demar Derozan. What what happened to him? What about Chicago just flipped a switch in his mind that said, "Okay, I'm one of the best players in the league," and I guess you could even account the play of Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso and the fantastic team that Chicago has become. But Demar DeRozan is, of course, the star of that team. You talked about Luka being a dark horse, but do you think Demar is as much of a dark horse as Luka is? Because we knew Luka was going to do this. We knew Luka was going to come out here and dominate. We knew Luka was going to be Luka. Luka magic, as they always say. Last time I checked, there isn't any Demar magic floating around in Chicago until now. So do you think Demar is as much of a dark horse as Luka Doncic, especially with names above him like Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic?
3: Um, I don't think so, just because I think he's been put in the conversation. And I truly think if Demar did not hit the amount of game winners he has this season, that he wouldn't be talked about, which would make him a dark horse. However, Luka and Demar are both averaging 28 points. Luka, of course, has nine rebounds compared to Demar's five. And then Luca has eight assists compared to DeMar's five. And DeMar has a way better team than Luca does right now. DeMar has stacked with Caruso, Lonzo, all of them. DeMar is stacked. However, he has carried that team and he is the most valuable player on that team. I just feel like he has a lot more help than Luca does, yet, DeMar is higher in the MVP conversation. But he's been playing phenomenal basketball, of course. And. I guess it's just something about not wanting to play for the Spurs that he just decided to go off in Chicago. Now, how much of
2: that is just media hoo-ha? Because, of course, Chicago, that's a big market. You know, Jordan, 23, all the championships. Mm -hmm. And plus, it's a big city, Chicago. How much of that is just media mess? And how much of it is just a gap in skill? Because Luka has game winners of his own as well. To your point of Demar having all the game winners that you think gave him extra publicity, why do you think well, there's so much of a gap in conversation between Luca and Demar? When, as you said, Luca has better numbers, he just doesn't have, I guess you could say, the flashy play or what? What?
3: What's the difference? What are we missing between these two? Well, when you talk about flashy play, I mean, people are putting Job of Luca in the conversation, which is, to me, makes no sense just based on the fact that he obviously still has a better team and you know, he can, he can have a normal dunk and then and will be posting it. But the Mar has hit so many game winners this season and buzzer beaters, especially when he hit back to back buzzer beaters. Remember that? Yeah, of course. Back to back. And Luca had a slow start to the season. People were calling him fat. people were calling him out of shape. And of course he came from the Olympics going right into the season. So, I think it was the start of the season that the media started not giving Luca much attention, and he's finally getting the attention he deserves. However, DeMar has been playing amazing basketball from the beginning of the season all the way till now. However, Luca's averaging more numbers. I guess since DeMar has been you know, hitting them game winners, he's been getting that media attention that he really deserves. But I think Luca deserves that as well due to him playing with Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, a bunch of bums. And averaging the numbers he's putting up, especially recently, coming back against the Warriors and beating some of the best teams in the league.
2: Now, to your point, the the term MVP has changed so much, even in our exactly. even in our young lifespans. If you read the acronym and break it down word by word, most valuable player, and I always point to this analogy. If someone is the most valuable player, that means I should be able to take that player away from said team and they completely crap the bed. Now, with Giannis, let's start with Giannis first. If you if you were to take Giannis away from Milwaukee, I don't think they would be as successful as they are. But I feel like with Bobby Portis, with Drew Holley, with Chris Middleton, with the chemistry and the team that they've built, with the structure that they have in Milwaukee they would be able to survive. Now, Embiid, it's kind of a weird assessment to make, especially with all the roster movements that have been made in recent months. Mm -hmm. If we take, if we're just going right now, take Embiid away from Philadelphia, they're still going to be a a playoff team. With Harden and the rest of the roster, they're still going to be a playoff team. Harden's just that good. He demands that much attention. Mm-hmm. Damar DeRozan look at that core if you take DeMar away there'll be a playoff team they will be more of a bottom of the barrel maybe a playoff maybe a play in team but they'll still be in the running for a playoff spot Jokic eh Aaron Gordon's good Jamal Murray's been hurt he's pretty much been a shorter version of Anthony Davis can't think of the last time we mm-hmm. saw him lace up for Denver but that team's not going to be Michael as Porter. good, Michael Porter Jr. as well. But if you look at that Western Conference, I feel still like they would be in the play, in a play-in situation, mm-hmm. simply because of how weak the bottom of the conference is. Luca as well. You take that. You take Luca away. Yeah, you talked about how Spencer Dinwiddie has been a fantastic spark for us mm-hmm. throughout his short tenure in Dallas. He could pick up some slack. But they're not going to be top five in the conference. If not you, at all. If you break down every situation, this isn't taken away from Embiid's skill, but he is not the most valuable player in the league. I'm going to say it again because <laughs> I know someone's probably going to try to clip this and post and say, "Oh, he 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 thinks Joel Embiid isn't that good." He thinks he's trash. No, no, listen. Joel Embiid's fantastic. Arguably the best player in the NBA right now. But he is not the most valuable player. Value does not take away from quality. Mm -hmm. You could pay a million dollars for a Rolls Royce. But the minute that sucker breaks down, you're going to spend the price of let's say a new Ford sedan just to get it fixed. Yeah, it's a higher it's a higher class car. Yeah, you're paying for a name, but it might not be as valuable. Of course. You can't put lipstick on a pig. It's not how that works. Just because he's great doesn't mean he's the most valuable player. But the media has spun it to where we think just because he has the best numbers and he has all the highlights and he's going for these flashy dunks and making all these memes on Twitter. that He's automatically the MVP. But next Mm -hmm. time you want to say that there is an undisputed MVP of the league, this doesn't even have to apply for basketball, football, hockey, baseball, whatever sport you choose. Take that player away and assess the skill of that team. We're going to take one more break here. want to give a quick thank you to some of our sponsors. Tops Pizza and Tyler has the best ingredients to deliver only the best to his customers, from Classic Pepperoni to Loaded Supreme. Tops is the top dog for East Texas Pizza. Be sure to take advantage of their lunch special. I took advantage of their lunch special prior to going live today. 7-inch personal pizza with a drink of your choice to get you through your busy work day or order from the variety of bone-in and boneless wings and specialty fries. You need to try those those buffalo chicken and cheese fries. They're different, I'm telling you. But you in a whole different universe, I promise you. Located on Troop Highway, across from Walmart, Top's Pizza, is, Top's Pizza is the official slice of the Antler Report and the Antler Sports Network. Order via the Slice app online or call 903-258-6111. To order pickup or delivery. Tell them who sent you. We're going to take one more quick time out. We got some bills to pay. This is Jerry Jones for the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network.
0: Live from
4: the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it! This is the Antler
2: Report.
1: Let's, Let's get go. it! Yes, sir!
0: On the Antler Sports Network.
2: To make winning decisions, you need a championship team in your corner. Monument Realty, led by Anthony Hyder, is that championship team. With countless houses sold in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you're sure to score the right abode for you and your family. If finding the perfect home is in your future's game plan, then Monument Realty and Anthony Hyder are your perfect play call to get the job done. Monument Realty in Frisco, Texas, the official realtor company of the Dallas Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, and the Antler Sports Network. A car is one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. It's how you get to work, how you take the kids to school, and how you get to some of life's biggest moments. Why not treat it as such? Whenever your car needs some tender love and care, visit Thompson Tire and Services in Tyler on 321 South Bonner Avenue, just five minutes south from Christus Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium. Joe Thompson and his team of professionals bring decades of one the hood experience to ensure that your car runs to the best of its ability. Any make, any model, any year, Thompson Tire and Services is the only place to get the best service for your car in East Texas. Open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and closed on weekends.
5: You're probably wondering, where is everyone in your area going for screen printing and promotional needs? It's simple. ABS T-Shirt Graphics. They can print on anything. We're talking shirts, hoodies, cups, pens, and pretty much anything that you can put a logo on. ABS T-Shirt Graphics is here to fulfill your company, organization, and fundraising needs. For a free quote, call 903-939-0990. ABS T-Shirt Graphics, located one half of a mile outside of the Loop on
6: 155
5: South. Don't forget to like them on Facebook. ABS T-Shirt Graphics.
6: Hello my name is Tarnesha. My name's Anthony. And we own Drip Like Jesus. Drip stands for Devote, Reach, Influence People, just like Jesus did. Each one of our apparel has a scripture on the back that goes with the design. It's our cool way of spreading the gospel and looking fly.
7: We are located in Stonebriar Mall in Frisco and also online at www.driplikejesus.com. So feel free to go online and shop or come check us out in Frisco and thank you for helping us spread the gospel.
0: Live
4: from the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it! This is the Antler Report.
1: Let's get it! Yes,
0: sir! On the Antler Sports Network.
2: A little bit of outcast action for your Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back to the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network. Just got finished with some NBA talk here with Matthew Hermans, Antler Antler Sports Network producer, one of the producers on our fantastic staff. Be sure to follow the Antler Sports Network across social media on Twitter at Antler underscore SN, on Instagram at AntlerSportsNet. Be sure to find us online at Antlersn.com for the latest news, articles, and happenings within Antler Sports Network. Matthew, we're going to change it to... (laughs) We chuckled about this during the break. One of the most interesting happenings in football I've seen in a very long time. Now, we know how much of a focal point sports betting has been. Excuse me, if I'm stumbled upon my words, I have a grin on my face. Not even of happiness, of just a pure shock. (laughs) Calvin Ridley making probably the worst sports bet of all time. Yesterday the NFL stating that Falcons receiver has been suspended for at least the next season for betting on games. He wagered 1.5000 and lost 11.1 1 million. This has gotta be the easiest question I've ever asked you in all of our years of talking sports. Matthew, was it worth it? (laughs) Was it really worth losing eleven point one million dollars? Couldn't have been.
3: Honestly, I wanna see the parlay he had. Honestly, I w I wanna see what he was betting on. But I mean, this was a stupid decision, but in comparison to the other major NFL suspensions recently, it it's really weird how they had it because you know Ray Rice. Of course, beating his fiance, he was suspended two games. Adrian Peterson, child abuse, he was suspended six games. six games. Greg Hardy, beating his girlfriend, ten games got reduced to four. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he, hitting women, six games. Josh Gordon, six seasons for smoking weed. Yeah, that's obvious, but you got Calvin Ridley, who's supposed to really help the fans out, but the only fans he's helping out is fan duel. And it's, it's really <laughs> Now, Calvin, uh, Calvin Ridley gets this for a year for betting on sports games, but yet the Dolphins try to play, pay Fl- Brian Flores to tank on his team, but the NFL won't talk about that, but they want to talk about integrity. I find that absolutely embarrassing from the NFL. However, this wasn't worth it from, from, for Calvin Ridley, excuse me, I mean... One thousand five hundred dollars and lost ten million. That's those are probably the worst odds in sports gambling history. I mean, we got to be honest here. Unless that parlay was absolutely disgusting, I mean, that was, that that was probably one of the stupidest decisions I've seen in NFL history. Because obviously, you know it's wrong.
2: Now, the NFL, as we know, has a bunch of rules. Some better than others. I'm looking at you, taunting. But you gotta, you got, you gotta understand. You can't bet on your own games. You just can't. That, Whether that's a rule or not, that's just common sense. You can ask Pete Rose and see how that ended. Yeah, it's a baseball, it's a different. No, it's not. You don't bet on your own games. That's stupid. That's dumb. You don't do that. That's common mm-hmm. sense. But I guess common sense isn't that common anymore in this current societal landscape. Yep. To your point. About these suspensions, that's one thing that I do not think is talked about enough when discussing not only the NFL as the game, but the NFL as a business. Mm -hmm. Now, disclaimer, let's get this out of the way. Violence is wrong. Breaking the law in any way, shape, or form, or fashion is wrong. Do not break the law. But there is no reason that abusing your girlfriend, your child, or anyone for that matter, should not garner a shorter suspension than someone gambling on games. This isn't taken away from the severity of any situation, whether that be from Greg Hardy to Calvin Ridley to Josh Gordon. If you break the rules, you should be punished 100% of the time. You do the crime. You do the time. Simple as that. But there is no reason that someone should be suspended for less than half of a season on average for bringing physical harm onto another human being when someone who used my bookie not sponsored by the way gets suspended for an entire season. That's that's ludicrous to me. That's completely asinine. Now, Roger Goodell, the NFL as a whole, they kill me talking about how they want to address all these issues, how they want to be progressive, how they want to be all-inclusive. When you have situations like these and the Brian Flores situation that you talked about to try not to get too political, Mm -hmm. you're showing two different sides of the coin here. One of your head coaches alleged that someone in your organization paid your head coach to go out there and lose football games intentionally where people pay thousands of dollars to watch them play the sport that they love at the highest level. The people running your organization asked your head coach, hey, lose to Baltimore. We'll slide you a couple hundred grand. How's that sound, coach? And that's okay. That's fine. That story might have been hot for a week. Even even a week will be stretching it. That story might have been hot for six days total. Swept under the rug. Calvin Ridley. Bet on games. In a league that he is a part of. Gets a season. Ray Rice. In 4K, as as people say all the time, got caught in 4K, (laughs) causing physical harm to another human being, clear as day, Ray Charles could see it, and got two games.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Greg Hardy, 10 games, okay, fine, but oh wait, got reduced to four. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but that doesn't seem consistent to me. That doesn't seem right to me. And once again, this isn't taken away from the severity of any situation. You break the law, you deserve a just punishment. But at the same time, the punishment should be equivalent to the crime. You should be... If you think about two games that's a slap in the wrist compared to an entire season
3: wouldn't you agree yes i i'd agree and i really think this has been a trend over the couple over these past couple of years excuse me of the nfl just being inconsistent when it comes to their band of uh games for certain consequences now this is no knock on Fanduel, you know Fan, FanDuel is a great, great betting app, and if they're willing to sponsor the Antler Sports Network, so be it. 100%. You know we'd be down, but oh yeah, definitely. But I, I, I truly think they have been inconsistent, and uh, I saw this clip. It was on Twitter, and it, I know this was a joke clip, but it showed Calvin Ridley multiple catches. Really. Catching the ball and then he was going backwards, losing yards essentially, and a lot of people kept joking about he was bet- he was betting the under on himself. I thought that was funny to bring that up. <laughs> I, you know, need to, under I need to yourself, look for that clip. Yeah, but no, I think the NFL has been inconsistent. I think this is on Roger Goodell. I think this is on the whole NFL organization, and this is something they need to fix.
2: Now, what would you think? would be a good suspension for Calvin Ridley? Because no doubt you're not supposed to bet on games that you're playing, and that's common sense. We, we've we settled that already. Mm-hmm. What do you think would be a good decision for the NFL to suspend Calvin Ridley for? What would be a more fair decision to make on a suspension? Let's put it that way.
3: Well, it depends. I mean, if they're comparing it to the other previous suspensions, he shouldn't be suspended. However, if if it's just based on what he did without taking notice of any other previous suspensions, I would say half a season. That'd be my that'd be my opinion. I'd love to hear yours, but I'd say half a season because betting on games, of course, it is looked down upon and it's something you should not do. So he at least got to pay the price, but I don't think it should be a full season. I want to hear your input. I think half a season is fine, but
2: I also think you should fine him as well. Now, this isn't me saying that, oh, you can't spend your money the way you want to. You belong to the NFL. You spend the money that we give you the way we want you to spend it. Because at the end of the day, that's your job. You earn that money, therefore you have the right to spend that however you may choose. Now, the consequences of that spending decision that you make with your money, that is also completely up to you. At the end of the day, you control the decisions that you make and the consequences that come thereafter.
3: But. You mind if I call quit? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I didn't even think about a fine. A fine would be perfect. I think, I think they should honestly fine him the $1,500 he, he used to, <laughs> to bet on the NFL. But. No, I mean, just talk about the stupidity of Calvin Ridley. Like, if he actually wanted to bet on a game, he could have had someone do it for him. Like, if, if he really wanted to go that far, he could have a spouse, you know, family member. If he really wanted to truly bet on an NFL game just for fun, he could have had a family member do it. But instead, he chose himself, while he was out for, quote-unquote, mental health issues for half the season, to go ahead and bet on the games. That that just shows the stupidity I think Calvin Ridley has shown these past couple weeks and, of course, half the NFL season.
2: Now, to your point, talked about how he could have had like a bookie or someone else make the bets for him. I would think that you're an NFL athlete. Better yet, you're just a professional athlete as a whole. You can't be an idiot and be at the top of your sport. Mm -hmm. I find it hard to believe that he was the only person involved in this decision. He had to have, like, a buddy involved, or, like you said, maybe even a spouse or a bookie or somebody. The pure. I don't even want to say idiocy because I feel like that's too harsh. But to put it lightly, you have to be a different breed of dumb to sit there on your couch watching a random game on TV. Let's say you're watching the Rams. Man, Mm -hmm. I think Cooper Cup's going to go crazy. Let's check the odds. Oh, his over under for yards is 150. I'll take the over. You mean mm-hmm. to tell me with athletes having all these burner accounts, I'm looking at you, Kevin Durant, and all these fake, I guess you could say, people or facades that they make nowadays with the growth of social media and the social landscape that athletes have built for themselves. I find it hard to believe that he did it just himself. There has to be another party involved. What yeah, you, would you think that'd be a fair assessment to make? I don't think he could have acted alone on this.
3: Yeah, of course, but I just want to know how the NFL found out about this. Now, if it was just himself, I think that is one of the most idiotic things you could do. Like, if he were to sign up for FanDuel, first and last name, Calvin Ridley, email CalvinRidley at Yahoo.com. And right. All of a sudden, like, that that would be the stupidest thing I've seen from an NFL player, and I don't know how long. And no one knows why he was gone for half the season. No one knows. They just said it was mental health issues. And then he goes along in bets who knows if it was with his team or another team but he goes along and bets on the NFL season even if it's just $1,500 I just I just think him is he is being idiotic excuse me and I don't know if there'd be another party involved honestly I don't know how they'd find that out if there was so
2: all right we have ended hour number one top of the hour one o'clock central standard time we're going to take one more quick short break, have a word from our sponsors, starting with Peak Fitness and Tyler with another Texas summer. We're rapidly approaching, you know, you know what time it is, Matthew. What suns out, guns out time, baby. If you want the perfect beach body, Peak Fitness oh boy, is the answer to all your problems. Even if you simply just want to stay in shape, Peak Fitness has packages and methods to fit any goal and any schedule. Workouts, diets, you name it, Peak has you covered. Found them on Instagram at TX or contact them at any time at 903-574-9080. You're listening to the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network. We're going to take one more quick break. One o'clock. We'll be right back.
1: Live from
4: the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it! This is
6: the Antler Report.
1: Let's Let's get it! Yes,
0: sir! On the Antler Sports Network.
6: Hello my name is Tarnesha.
7: My name's Anthony.
6: And we own Drip Like Jesus. Drip stands for Devote, Reach, Influence People, just like Jesus did. Each one of our apparel has a scripture on the back that goes with the design. It's our cool way of spreading the gospel and looking fly.
7: We are located in Stonebriar Mall in Frisco and also online at www.driplikejesus.com. So feel free to go online and shop or come check us out in Frisco and thank you for helping us spread the gospel.
2: A car is one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. It's how you get to work, how you take the kids to school, and how you get to some of life's biggest moments. Why not treat it as such? Whenever your car needs some tender love and care, visit Thompson Tire and Services in Tyler on 321 South Bonner Avenue, just five minutes south from Christus Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium. Joe Thompson and his team of professionals bring decades of under-the-hood experience to ensure that your car runs to the best of its ability. Any make, any model, any year, Thompson Tire and Services is the only place to get the best service for your car in East Texas. Open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and closed on weekends. To make winning decisions, you need a championship team in your corner. Monument Realty, led by Anthony Hyder, is that championship team. With countless houses sold in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you're sure to score the right abode for you and your family. If finding the perfect home is in your future's game plan, then Monument Realty and Anthony Hyder are your perfect play call to get the job done. Monument Realty in Frisco, Texas, the official realtor company of the Dallas Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, and the Antler Sports Network.
5: You're probably wondering, where is everyone in your area going for screen printing and promotional needs? It's simple. ABS T-Shirt Graphics. They can print on anything. We're talking shirts, hoodies, cups, pens, and pretty much anything that you can put a logo on. ABS T-Shirt Graphics is here to fulfill your company, organization, and fundraising needs. For a free quote, call 903-939-0990. ABS T-Shirt Graphics, located one half of a mile outside of the Loop on 155 South. Don't forget to like them on Facebook. ABS T-Shirt Graphics.
0: Live from
4: the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it! This is the Antler Report. Let's Let's get it! Yes, sir!
0: On the Antler Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network. Myself, Jerry Jones, with you, along with Matthew Hermans, Antler Sports Network producer. Before the last break, we talked about the Calvin Ridley situation in the NFL and how we thought about the NFL's addressing of that issue. We're going to switch gears now to a more positive note. One of the latest headlines coming out of the NFL landscape in the past couple of days, the Carolina Panthers are listening to Christian McCaffrey offers. Now, this is interesting
3: news. We got some breaking news. The Seattle Seahawks are trading Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos per Adam Schefter. You're kidding. Oh, yep. Per ESPN, we have breaking news
2: here on the Antler Report. <laughs> the Seahawks have traded Russell Wilson right after Aaron Rodgers signs his big contract. The Broncos says, Okay, that's fine. We'll just go pick up, we'll just go pick up Russell Wilson. Now, reading this article from Adam Schefter, ESPN senior writer, Denver acquiring Russell Wilson has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers' decision to return to Green Bay. I feel like that's cap. Now, I like Schefty. Yeah. I feel like that's got to be that's got to be some cap in there, because there were too many accurate there. Were, there was too much going on, especially with Denver getting Green Bay's quarterback coach, and of course we know Rodgers' public dismay of the Packers Radio which we will definitely get to after this segment.
3: You feel like that's capped. I don't I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. Well the Broncos were reportedly interested in Aaron Rodgers and I mean every team without a quarterback who wouldn't be. But with Aaron Rodgers signing his extension, I really think they were in need for a quarterback. Now I don't know what the Broncos had have, have given up for Russell Wilson. I do think this is a good acquisition for the Broncos. However, I think it does have to do with Aaron Rodgers re-signing his contract. Now, as you said, every
2: every team that's looking for a quarterback wanted Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like Russell Wilson had that same market as well. Further reading the article, it says, Denver General Manager George Patton initiated trade talks with Seattle for Wilson at least two weeks ago, per sources. But in recent days, as trade talks with Seattle heated up, it became clear that Wilson was the Broncos' plan A. Once again, this article was from Adam Schefter, ESPN senior writer. Russell Wilson being your plan A when there is a possibility that Aaron Rodgers, who without a shadow of a doubt is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. I like feel like we know that. Russell was plan A. So that means Aaron Rodgers was plan B. Now, without getting too in-depth, because I still have to talk about Christian McCaffrey, is this a W or an L for Denver? Because if you look at that roster, they had a pretty solid team. Melvin Gordon, he was on my fantasy team. You knew firsthand, <laughs> Matthew, about how good Melvin Gordon was. He, to- he tore you up well, in the rest man. of the league yeah. multiple weeks. And their defense is average as man, but you still have Teddy glove on the roster.
3: Is this a W or an L for the Broncos? This, this has to be a W. I mean, they had Teddy Bridgewater, and, I mean, Russell Wilson's like Teddy Bridgewater, like, times 10. So they know how to use a mobile quarterback who has an arm. And they have Melvin Gordon, who I think will complement Russell Wilson, or Russell Wilson, excuse me, real well. Jerry Judy, I mean, you got Noah Fan. I mean, this this, in my opinion, is a W, as long as they didn't give up too many valuable assets to let Russell Wilson be incapable of throwing to anybody.
2: Now, we'll be looking for those details as quickly as we can. Maybe we'll get to it before the show ends. Maybe we won't, but keep around here, keeping the NFL landscape. We'll try to get that news to you as quickly as it releases. Now, back to what we were discussing before, that breaking news. Goodness, it's going to be weird seeing Russell Wilson in orange and blue next season. That's going
3: to be a weird sight to see. And keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes now gets to play Russell Wilson twice a year, so that should be the matchup to be looking for within the season.
2: Now, let's stay on the topic of Kansas City. The Panthers are receiving offers for Christian McCaffrey. Is Kansas City calling Carolina, thinking, "Hey, let's talk. Let's try to get Christian over to Kansas City. Let's 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 talk about some kind of a trade." You think Kansas City's trying to? maybe bringing Christian McCaffrey in to KC, especially now that you have Russell Wilson knocking on your door twice a year in your division now?
3: That's a tough question because, the, as you see seen as their previous running backs, they've had running backs such as, you know the older running backs, you know they signed Le'Veon Bell, you know, and all of them. Kansas City, I don't know what assets they'd be willing to give up for Russell Wilson. I think one of the big teams, that could gamble on Christian McCaffrey would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Now I, I had three teams listed
2: as three possibilities for Christian McCaffrey. Vegas was at the top of the list. I'm glad you brought that up.
3: Yeah, uh, Las Vegas made the playoff. They they really uh, surprised everyone uh, coming back, especially from John, or John Gruden, excuse me, leaving. And I think they could be a potential suitor, but I think what What would be the best for Christian McCaffrey would be the Miami Dolphins. I think him and to uh, turn the ball over, as someone would say, I think the Dolphins would, I think they have the first round pick being able to give to the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey. But the biggest question is they're winning a first round pick. Christian McCaffrey has been injured these past two seasons. So I wonder which team is willing to take that risk of adding Christian McCaffrey, knowing that he's been injured these past two seasons, to see if he will be able to have a healthy season on their team.
2: Now looking at the depth of Kansas City, not Kansas City, excuse me, up for Carolina, you don't have many, I guess you could say, valuable assets. I see Stephon Gilmore on the defense. Maybe you try to trade Sam Darnold. Maybe you try to trade Cam Newton as well because I highly doubt you're just going to straight up get Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, we know he's a fantastic player. We know he's great with his hands. We know he can receive the ball extremely well. We know he can run the ball. That's common sense. But he's slowly become injury prone. We've seen Mm -hmm. him miss lots of time throughout the past couple of seasons. So if I'm at Kansas City or if I'm at Vegas or if I'm at Miami, I'm going to want something more than that because, yeah... Christian's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But it's almost I don't want to say he's Anthony Davis level. But yeah, you're getting a star, but he's injury prone. So do you see teams wanting a little bit more out of Carolina? I guess you could say buffer the trade with Christian McCaffrey. Or do you think the only asset they'll give up is Christian?
3: The only asset they'll give up is Christian, without a doubt. I mean, Carolina's in rebuilding mode. They really don't got much else to give up. So that's why they're looking for a first-round pick and probably another player. And I really think that there's nothing much more they can give up for Christian McCaffrey. And asking for a first-round pick and another player is already a big deal. It's already a big trade. And it's a lot that they're asking for. So I don't think they'll take anything less than that.
2: Now, from one trade to the lack of another the diva Aaron Rodgers sticking to Green Bay, staying in Green Bay, Wisconsin, well into his forties, I might add. Two hundred million dollars, I forgot if it was it two years or four years. I'm trying to find the specifics of the deal. Yeah, you know, four year two year, four hundred million dollar deal. That's a lot of time and that's a lot of money. Now, if you look at the yeah, cap situation, that's been well-documented in Green Bay. I think, was it today or yesterday that the Packers had a deadline to meet when it came to franchise tagging Devontae Adams? Of course, you know, teams franchise tag some of their players. Mike Cleveland Browns franchise tagging David Njoku, which I think was a pretty good decision considering the depth that we have at tight end. But Green Bay having to cut up that much money year for year for a quarterback that has has brought pretty much nothing but drama in the past five or so years, has talked down upon the organization, talked down upon his receiving core, talked down upon his roster and his defense. If I'm a Green Bay, what's next? What? Where do you go from here? How do you continue to bolster the roster with your cap situation really not getting much better? Yeah, you locked up your quarterback, but as a fantastic Marvel movie once stated, at what cost?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers – Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers. I mean, within the last decade, I mean, he he is the Green Bay Packers from far passing it off to Rodgers. Now, I think he's taken more of the Tom Brady approach. He's going to still be playing well these next four years. I mean, without a doubt. He's, he's already won the MVP again this year. And I think the Packers were willing to give up absolutely anything to keep Aaron Rodgers. And I truly believe that he will be playing good these next four years. They were questioning his retirement this year, which was crazy. And when I saw that he signed another four years to the Green Bay Packers, I was a little bit surprised if I'm being honest with you. However, I think the Green Bay Packers, I think they think they have the necessities needed to make a Super Bowl run because they were a lot of people's Super Bowl picks last year. And they lost to, you know, the 49ers, which was, A shocker to absolutely everyone, but I think they think they have the pieces needed. And I believe that within that deal, within the office, I think they're going to give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of of leeway. You know, they call LeBron the GM. I mean, I think the same thing's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers is he's going to have a lot of say when it comes to that Packers organization.
2: Now, with this, you said that they will be a Super Bowl team. The NFL is a weapons league whether that be on offense or defense. Look at the team that lost the Super Bowl. Look at that offense. I don't even have to say any names. You know what that Cincinnati roster looked like. But you also know what that Cincinnati defense looked like. We also know a certain someone that became a national, even a global meme for his play or lack thereof in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Do you see that exact same thing happening in Green Bay, to where yeah, you got a couple weapons on offense, but your defense ain't gonna hold up, and the old saying still stands true: offense wins games, defense wins championships. Do you think that defense is gonna help them win a championship, or are they just gonna show up and get mollywopped by a better structured team?
3: Well, with your comparison, Joe Burrow didn't have an offensive line whatsoever in comparison to Aaron Rodgers, who has a decent offensive line. Joe Burrow just got tore up by his offensive line, and that's what lost him in the Super Bowl. However, I think Aaron Rodgers, regardless of his targets, he can make anyone look good on the field. Like, me and you could go out there as wide receiver one and two, and I'm sure we'll still win a couple games because it's Aaron Rodgers. However, I think within these next four years, that one of these years they will be able to make the Super Bowl. I think their defense is obviously a concern. But with the offensive firepower they have, I truly – and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers regardless. So I truly believe within the next four years they will make a Super Bowl run just based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Unless it comes to the NFC Championship, you know how that goes.
2: Now, I had a – I made a comparison. And I'm a big wrestling guy. I've been a wrestling guy pretty much my entire life. I grew up watching wrestling. I try to muster watching wrestling now, but that'll be a discussion for another show.
6: Sure.
2: I compare Aaron Rodgers to the Hulk Hogan of football. And here's why. Aaron Rodgers is widely considered one of the greatest of all time. Not just quarterbacks, but to ever play the game. Hulk Hogan is widely considered... To be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Some even say. Either man are the greatest to ever. Perform in their profession. Football and wrestling respectively. But they both come with drama. All drama being behind the scenes. Aaron Rodgers as we saw. Throughout the past couple of years. Creating tension in within the Green Bay Packers organization. Hulk Hogan, as is now well-documented, being a very controlling factor, I guess you could say, backstage in the wrestling world. We all know the quote, that doesn't work for me, brother, as he always says, when it's something that doesn't directly benefit him. But they're both extremely great at what they do. Whether you like Hogan or not, he's one of the most, if not the most, influential wrestler of all time. Without Hogan, there is no WrestleMania. There is no... WWF, WWE, whatever you want to call it. Without Aaron Rodgers, there is no discount double check. There is no Green Bay Dynasty. I feel as if the way these two men portray themselves off the field will forever detriment how they are portrayed on the field. Aaron Rodgers, statistically, and being the eye test, is one of, if not the greatest quarterback to ever lace up a pair of cleats. Hulk Hogan whether that be accomplishment-wise or just from sheer popularity and revenue and just the greatness that he has garnered through his career, is one of, if not the greatest wrestlers of all time. But their actions backstage, their actions behind the scenes, their body language, their inability to work with others, their constant griping and complaining, their diva-like attitudes will forever detriment how they are portrayed, no matter how good they are, whether in the ring or on the gridiron, I feel like that's an accurate assessment. Wouldn't you agree? Or would you even disagree?
3: No, I'd agree necessarily. And it's only been really not, it's only really been these past couple years that it's really gone up or brought up, excuse me, about the whole drama with Aaron Rodgers. However, I think that drama has to be settled if he signed this four year deal, which is why I said I think he's going to have a say when it comes to the front office now because there's no way he would have signed that four-year deal without having all the drama and all the diva stuff he's been uh, complaining about settled. Now
2: we're going to take one more break. Matthew, thank you for being on with us this afternoon. We'll definitely have to get you on soon. Once again, Matthew Hermans, you have any social media you'd like to shout out or anything?
3: Uh, yeah, you can, uh, check out my Instagram, Matthew.Hermans. Uh, and that's about it. But uh, thank you so much for having me on, Jared, and I'll be looking forward to being on again. Uh, excuse me, on again.
2: Definitely, definitely. That's Matthew Hermas, one of the one of our great producers here at the Antler Sports Network. We're gonna take one more final time out here on the Antler report on the Antler Sports Network. Be sure to follow the Antler Sports Network on social media as well. After you give Matthew a follow on Instagram, be sure to give the ASN a follow on Instagram at Antler Sports Net. Find us online at antlersn.com. Follow our YouTube and Facebook pages. Just search Antler Sports Network. And also follow us on Twitter at antler underscore SN. We're going to take one more, our final short break of the afternoon. We'll get to our final couple of segments. You're tuned in to the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network. Services Studio.
5: Let's get it!
4: This is the Antler Report. Let's Let's get get it! Yes, sir!
0: On the Antler Sports Network.
5: You're probably wondering, where is everyone in your area going for screen printing and promotional needs? It's simple. ABS T-Shirt Graphics. They can print on anything. We're talking shirts, hoodies, cups, pens, and pretty much anything that you can put a logo on. ABS T-Shirt Graphics is here to fulfill your company, organization, and fundraising needs. For a free quote, call 903-939-0990. ABS T-Shirt Graphics, located one half of a mile outside of the Loop on 155 South. Don't forget to like them on Facebook. ABS T-Shirt Graphics.
6: Hello my name is Tarnisha.
7: My name's Anthony.
6: And we own Drip Like Jesus. Drip stands for devote, reach, influence people, just like Jesus did. Each one of our apparel has a scripture on the back that goes with the design. It's our cool way of spreading the gospel and looking fly.
7: We are located in Stonebriar Mall in Frisco and also online at www.driplikejesus.com. So feel free to go online and shop or come check us out in Frisco and thank you for helping us spread the gospel.
2: To make winning decisions, you need a championship team in your corner. Monument Realty, led by Anthony Hyder is that championship team. With countless houses sold in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you're sure to score the right abode for you and your family. If finding the perfect home is in your future's game plan, then Monument Realty and Anthony Hyder are your perfect play call to get the job done. Monument Realty in Frisco, Texas, the official realtor company of the Dallas Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, and the Antler Sports Network. A car is one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. It's how you get to work, how you take the kids to school, and how you get to some of life's biggest moments. Why not treat it as such? Whenever your car needs some tender love and care, visit Thompson Tire and Services in Tyler on 321 South Bonner Avenue, just five minutes south from Christus Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium. Joe Thompson and his team of professionals bring decades of one the hood experience to ensure that your car runs to the best of its ability. Any make, any model, any year, Thompson Tire and Services is the only place to get the best service for your car in East Texas. Open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and closed on weekends. Live
4: from the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it! This is the Antler Report.
1: Let's Let's get it! Yes, sir!
0: On the Antler Sports Network.
2: Final couple segments here on the Antler Report on the Antler Sports Network. Jared Jones back with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in with us, whether you're driving to lunch, eating lunch, or driving back from lunch back to your daily grind, Thank you for spending your time with us here on the Antler Sports Network, whether you're listening on the Mixler app or via the Antler Sports Network live feed at antler-sn.com. Just go to the side menu and click ASN Live Feed. That feed is powered by Thompson Tire and Services in Tyler. And I also want to thank our sponsor, Boss Hog Power Wash. In detail, it's summertime. You already got your guns ready with Peak Fitness. You got your food ready with Topps Pizza. Why not have your ride looking fresh? You know you're not going to want to drive, especially with these car prices. So why don't you call up Tristan over at Hog Power Washington Detail. He'll show up to you and have your car looking spick and span as good as new. Be sure to find him across social media. Tell him that Jared sent you. Be sure to also try to even see if you can follow him on social media as well. We will have his social media plastered across all social media as well. If you'd like to sponsor on the Antler Report or any other of our Antler Sports Network broadcasts, be sure to go online to Antler underscore, excuse me, not Antler underscore, SN. Be sure to go online to antlersn.com forward slash sponsorship. Fill out the form. We'll get to you as soon as we can. We have the full details from Adam Schefter of that Russell Wilson trade that we broke before that final segment. Quick thank you to Matthew once again for being on our show today. From Adam Schefter on the official on his official Twitter page, Seattle will be getting Drew Locke, Noah offense, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth, while Denver gets Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. Russell Wilson now, of course, as we all know, is now a Denver Bronco, going to be in the Orange and Navy this next season. Pete Carroll racing upon 70 is going to have to work with Drew Locke and the rest of that new Seahawks quarterbacking core. Russell Wilson also once again going to have a fantastic running back. Went from Marshawn Lynch. Down was going to have Melvin Gordon. If I'm Russell Wilson, I'm feeling pretty good about my future situation. Might even have a chance to make a pretty good playoff or maybe even make a Super Bowl. There were multiple sources and media members speculating that the Broncos might even have a Super Bowl roster before this Russell Wilson trade. I can almost assure you that they're probably going to have a Super Bowl contending roster now. But we're going to move on now to some WNBA talk. Brittany Grinder, as as we've all know over the past couple of days, footage of her being detained in Russia for holding a suspend well, not a suspended substance, but an illegal substance in Russia, some hash oil from a vape pen cartridge. The awkward thing about the situation is, is something that I don't think enough people are pointing out: is that this happened about a month ago. As we know. The Russians and their military have launched a full-scale invasion upon the sovereign nation of Ukraine. We here at the Alpha Sports Network send all of our prayers and condolences to the Ukrainian defense efforts. We've seen FIFA, UEFA, and other soccer sports entities use their power and ability to react to the most recent Russian invasion. But this has probably one been one of the more direct effects. Now, I feel like this story looks into a deeper issue. I know the WNBA gets a lot of flack for multiple different reasons. But this, in my opinion, is an example as to why we need to find even more solutions into making the WNBA a better product. Not only for viewers' sake, but for the players as well. There are countless players, and you can Google an entire list, probably make an entire roster, of WNBA players who, due to the the earnings that they garner from their normal WNBA wages, have to travel overseas to play in order to make a living. In this current global landscape, especially with COVID, not to mention COVID, even though it's slowly diminishing in certain parts of the world, the fact that these athletes have to travel across countless time zones just to make a living, just to play the game that they love and get properly compensated for it, is not on the players. At the end of the day, they still grind and train as much as an NBA player, as much as an NFL player, an MLB, NHL, or an MLS player does. They have jocked for their position. They have fought for years. they put in the blood, sweat, and tears and the countless hours to get to the top of their respective profession. It's not their fault that their higher-ups aren't trying to take the proper steps to make their game more valuable. Now, we talked about valuable earlier on in the show with Matthew. You can't put lipstick on a pig and call it pretty. You can't just run all these advertisements on ESPN and expect people to watch. You can't have all these advertisements plastered on jerseys and have all these spectacles and all this mess and expect people to tune in. Now, to the WNBA's credit, I like... Their all-star game format, in case you didn't know, they have the official Team USA women's team going against pretty much the best of the rest, the rest of the WNBA all-stars. And I like that idea. It's fresh. It's new. It's something that can be expanded upon. It's not just going to be the same crap every year like you see in the NBA with the dunk contest or the three-point shootout. same stuff every year. Celebrity game. An hour of cringe, in my opinion. The WNBA and that All-Star Game move proves to me that they have the ability to be innovative. They have the ability to make something great. They have the ability to come together and make decisions that are must-see, in my opinion. I like the WNBA All-Star Game a lot more than I like the NBA All-Star Weekend this year. And I feel like anyone that would have watched both with an unbiased mind and just an open love for basketball can tell you the exact same thing. Back to the Brittany Griner situation. This wouldn't have happened if the NBA did better by their players, if the WNBA did better by their players. Just last week, the WNBA fined the owner of the New York Liberty an absurd amount of money For privately flying his team out to games. Now be it the WNBA's reasoning is that this will create a competitive advantage. Now on initial reading of the news when it broke just last week. I was immediately shocked. Especially upon further research, you will come to find out that that same owner offered the WNBA a way to fly all of their teams privately for three seasons. You want to know why the WNBA players said, WNBA owners said no? Because they didn't want to create, I guess you could say, a disappointment in the players when the three years ended. In three years, you should be able to figure out a way to sufficiently travel your players to games. Not everyone's going to be making Curry money. Not Everybody's making LeBron money. I get that. But there are enough inept business minds in that organization, even in the NBA as well, because it's been made clear that the NBA assists the WNBA in more ways than none. It's been well documented. I feel as if the WNBA in that three years' time can find a way to at least make sure players can get to games consistently. That's something I expect from the AFL. That's something I expect from a from a USFL, from an XFL, from a startup league. That's not something I expect from a league that has been going for almost three two to three decades now. That's not something I expect from an established organization. And speaking of established organizations, let's talk about this whole baseball debacle. Email and the MLBPA have been in a war of words, I guess you could say, in negotiating new rules and regulations between players and owners. I don't know if you know this or not, but owners are making bukoos of money, while minor league players are eating apple cores and bread butt sandwiches during games because they make so little. I understand that the 1% loves their money and who can blame them. But at the same time, you have to realize that it's bigger than just the owners. It's bigger than just the money. Anybody can own a team, metaphorically speaking. Anybody can run a team. How well you run a team or how well you own a team and the methods you use, it's completely up to you. Anybody can own or run a team. Not everybody can hit a home run for to 25 feet. Not everybody can pitch a 110-mile-an-hour fastball right down the pipe. Not everybody can gun a runner from deep right field before he can tack third. Not everybody has the talent to be among some of the best baseball players in the world. And it's time for the MLB owners to man up and take responsibility for this entire mess that's been going on. Here's New York Yankees president Randy Levine on not only his opinions on how the players and owner negotiations have been, but as well as his thoughts on commissioner, Rob Manfred.
8: The players said that it was really important to them to take care of the youngest players, the people coming into the game. So the clubs responded, you know, they offered a minimum of 700,000, you know, uh, Dollars to start that may may or may not be enough for the union but it's a giant giant increase they've offered a you know a a new bonus for top players top 30 players you know a a new 30 million dollars the the union you know as is their right would like more but we have to understand if you give money from the pot for young players then there may be less money for older players in free agency, Rob Manford's getting a lot of heat here and he shouldn't, you know, I, in 96, when uh, an intractable situation, when, uh, when, 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 when I reached that agreement, which was revenue sharing, luxury taxes, interleague play for the first time, he was right next to me. And you know what? He's been the chief negotiator for all these agreements for the last 20 years. Dan Halem, He's, he's such a consummate pro. And the guys on the on the union side, they also should be able to, you know, they have a lot of experience, be able to understand what is possible. You can't ask people to agree to things that are not possible. And you can't pretend that there's all this money in the game when it just isn't
2: Now, that final part of that cut really is striking to me. There just isn't a lot of money in the league. Now, I understand baseball, when it comes to viewership, hasn't been as lucrative as in the past. But you mean to tell me there's not enough money, but in 2020, a COVID-stricken year, by the way, the combined revenue of all MLB teams was $3.66 billion. And the average revenue per team stood at $122.1 million. You look at the average salary of an MLB player going from 2021 and going back to 2019, decreased 4.8% dropping to $4.17 million per year. $4.17 million when it comes to how much wear and tear baseball puts on a body, I don't believe correlates that well. Now, a baseball game, even from a viewer standpoint, is a long haul, I will admit. Baseball games aren't quick. And if you look at the most recent negotiations, a pitch clock is in the works. But they're also banning the shift as well. Banning the shift in the MLB, in my opinion, is like banning a 2-3 zone in college basketball because guards don't know how to beat it. I do not understand how banning the shift is good for baseball. I do understand how adding a pitch clock is good for baseball. I do understand the extra inning rule of having a man having a man on second to begin extras is good for baseball. So we we've seen in the past how the MLB can make decisions to better the game, just like the WNBA with their All Star game. We've seen they know how to make the right choices how to make proper choices for the good of the game. It's just the simple fact that the players feel that they deserve more and the owners want to keep more of the pie of a pie that that just keeps getting bigger and bigger as time goes on. And I really can't blame them either. I honestly can't. If I see I'm working my butt off for almost 200 games multiple per week, in some cases multiple per day with double headers, not to mention playoff series, and I see my owners getting all of this paper, and I'm getting a piece of the pie, I'm like, wait a minute, at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to lace up my shoes and go out there and play, I'm the one that has to get my hands and jersey dirty to make you money, so of course I'm going to want a little bit more, of course I'm going to want more of my fair share. Now of course you have guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Joey Votto and Bryce Harper who are making 22 to 25 million a year getting total salaries that are in the 200 to 300 million dollar range in some cases. And that's fine. But what about the middle players? If you look at the drop off when it comes to the top guys salaries to the middle guy salaries, it's ridiculous. And I feel like that is definitely something that the MLB needs to look into. And with that concludes another Tuesday. I hope you all have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. Another quick thank you to, J- to Matthew Hermans who was here earlier with us on the Antler Report. Thank you to our sponsors: Tops Pizza, Peak Fitness, Bossack Power Washing and Detail, Drip Like Jetus Apparel Line, Thompson Tire and Services, Monument Realty. And to all of you listening at home or wherever you may be, be sure to follow us on the Mixler app and also on our antlersn.com live feed. This is where all the Antler Report broadcasts will be. My name is Jared Jones, and have a great day, everybody. This has been the Antler Report.
7: Yeah.
4: Live from the Thompson Tire and Services Studio. Let's get it!
0: This is the Antler Report. Let's get it! <laughs> yes, sir. On the Antler Sports Network.